0: Welcome back, friends. Bill Creasy here with Friday's episode of Scripture Uncovered. We left off on Wednesday with Saul being fired as king. And I asked the question at the end of Wednesday's podcast, So who will God hire? We move now to 1 Samuel chapter 16. The Lord said to Samuel, How long will you mourn for Saul since I've rejected him as king over Israel? Samuel, he rather liked King Saul. Saul was tall, he was handsome, he looked like a king, but he didn't have the heart of a king. Yet, Samuel had a fondness in his heart for King Saul, and he mourned. He thought it would turn out better, I suppose, So the Lord said to Samuel, how long will you mourn for this guy? I've rejected him as king. Fill your horn with oil, be on your way. I'm sending you to Jesse of Bethlehem. I've chosen one of his sons to be king. The people chose Saul. Saul's fired. Now God said they want a king. I'll give them a king worthy of the title. The Lord said, Take a heifer with you and say, I've come to sacrifice to the Lord and invite Jesse to the sacrifice, and I'll show you what to do. You are to anoint for me the one I indicate. So Samuel did what the Lord said. And when he arrived at Bethlehem, the elders of the town trembled when they met him. They asked, Do, 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 do you come in peace? I suppose they had heard about the Amalekites and Samuel hacking a gag to death, Samuel replied, "Yes, in peace. I've come to sacrifice to the Lord, consecrate yourselves, come to the sacrifice with me, and Then he consecrated Jesse and his sons and invited them to the sacrifice. Now when they arrived, Samuel saw Eliab, the eldest son, and he thought. Now, surely the Lord's anointed stands here before the Lord. Surely this is the king. He's the eldest son. He is, look at him, he looks like a king, regal looking. But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not consider his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. I always like that. Don't trust those tall people. <laughs> the Lord does not look at the things man looks at. Man looks at the outward appearance. Yes, he may look like a king, but hey, so did King Saul. The Lord looks at the heart. Who has the heart of a king? So then Jesse called Abinadab, son number two, and had him pass in front of Samuel, but Samuel said, No, the Lord's not chosen this one either. Jesse then had Shammah pass by, but Samuel said, No, not this one either. Well, Jesse had seven of his sons pass before Samuel. But Samuel said to him, The Lord has not chosen any of these. So he asked Jesse, Are these all the sons you have? I mean, Samuel's a little puzzled here. Well, they're still the youngest, Jesse answered, but he's out in the field tending the sheep. Samuel said, Send for it. We won't sit down until he arrives. So he sent and had him brought in. He was ruddy with a fine appearance, handsome features. And the Lord said, Rise up and anoint him. He is the one. So Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the presence of his brothers. And from that day on, the Spirit of the Lord came upon David in the power. Samuel then went to Ramah. So the youngest son, son number eight, is chosen by God to be king. He may not have looked like a king. He was a a young fellow. But he had the heart of a king. The spirit of the Lord came upon David in power. Now, The spirit of the Lord had departed from Saul, and an evil spirit from the Lord tormented him. Saul's attendant said to him, Oh, there's an evil spirit from God tormenting you. Saul was slipping ever deeper into madness and paranoia. And we'll see that play out as our story continues. An evil spirit? Well, I guess that's what you might call it back in Saul's day. But Saul was clearly slipping into madness. Let our Lord command his servants here to search for someone who can play the harp. He'll play when when the evil spirit from God comes upon you. When you get in a blue funk and you are are in that mood. He'll play a little music therapy. So Saul said to his attendants, find someone who plays well and bring him to me. Now, one of the servants answered, I, I've seen a son of Jesse of Bethlehem who knows how to play the harp. He's a good musician. Brave young man. A warrior. So time has passed. David's gotten older. He speaks well. He's a fine-looking man. And the Lord is with him. So David, chosen as a young boy, has grown up. He's become a fine musician. He's a good-looking fellow. He has the potential, certainly, to be a fine warrior as well. So Saul sent messengers to Jesse and he said, Send me your son David, who is with the sheep. So Jesse took a donkey loaded with bread, a skin of wine, and a young goat and sent them with his son uh, David to Saul. David came to Saul and entered into his service. And Saul liked him very much. And David became one of his armor bearers. You know, everyone who meets David becomes enthralled with him, including you and me, and especially God. God was enthralled with David. Well, Saul liked him very much. David became an armor bearer, and Saul sent word to Jesse saying, allow David to remain in my service. I'm very pleased with him. So whenever the Spirit of God came upon Saul, whenever Saul descended into, into paranoia and melancholy, and, and, and David would take his harp and play. Then relief would come to Saul. He'd, he'd feel better. He'd get out of his mood. Now, Saul is a court. Now, David is a court is Saul's court. Now the Philistines gathered their forces for war and assembled at Sukkah in Judah. So the Philistines are still the primary enemy. Remember the Philistines are on the coastal plain, the Mediterranean coast, five major fortified cities? on the Via Maris, the main international trade route. They control the international trade by land. And they're strong. They gather their forces for war and assembled at Sukkah in Judah. They pitch camp at Ephes Damim, between Sukkoth and Zika. Saul and the Israelites assembled and camped in the valley of Elah and drew up their battle line to meet the Philistines. So battle will engage Once again, the Philistines occupied one hill, the Israelites another, with the valley of Elah in between. Now, a champion named Goliath, who was from Gath, one of the five fortified cities, he came out of the Philistine camp. He was over nine feet tall, huge, huge. He had a bronze helmet on his head, wore a coat of scale armor of bronze weighing five thousand shekels. That's about a hundred and twenty five pounds of armor on his legs. He wore bronze greaves and a bronze javelin was slung on his back. His spear was spear shaft was like a a weaver's rod, and its iron point weighed six hundred shekels. The tip of the spear. Weighed 15 pounds. His shield bearer went ahead of him. He was an enormous man. Nearly nine feet tall. Had to weigh in at close to 400 pounds. I have a story to tell you here. I may have mentioned in previous podcasts, my boys growing up at home, and we had a golden retriever, Dusty the Golden Retriever. He was the absolute best dog ever. I loved him, he loved all of us, and he was a fine, fine dog. He lived with us for 14 years. I got him as a puppy. 14 years we were together, and when he became older, he was fine. His face had turned gray, but uh, he was still a good, good, solid dog. And then, over a period of about six months, he became like a frail little old man. We were living up in Los Angeles on the Wilshire Corridor. We had bought a condo in one of the high-rise buildings, and it had an elevator. And the penthouse was owned by Shaquille O'Neal, the famous basketball player. Big man! Well, one Sunday evening, I walked Dusty out to the elevator. He had trouble walking. And we got in the elevator, we went down to the bottom floor, the ground floor, and the elevator doors opened, and here was this enormous man. You couldn't see his face or head. He was taller than the entryway to the elevator, and he filled the whole space. Enormous. And poor Dusty looked at him, dropped on his belly, and peed in the elevator. (laughs) That's the reaction Dusty had to Shaquille O'Neal. And And here's Goliath, the same kind of man, enormous. And he thought to himself, why waste all these lives today? All the lives of the Philistines, all the lives of the Israelites. Send out a man to fight me, winner take all. And we'll spare all the other men. That's a very heroic thing for him to do. Goliath stood, he shouted to the ranks of Israel, Why do you come out and line up for battle? Am I not a Philistine, and are you not the servants of Saul? Choose a man, have him come to me. If he's able to fight and kill me, we'll become your subjects. If I ever come him and kill him, you'll be our subjects. One on one, winner take all. And all these men can go back home to their families. The Philistines said, This day I defy the ranks of Israel. Give me a man and let us fight. On hearing the Philistines' words, Saul and all the Israelites were terrified. They dropped to the ground and peed in their pants. Now David was the son of an Ephrathite named Jesse who was from Bethlehem in Judah. Jesse had eight sons, and in Saul's time, he was an old man, well advanced in years, and Jesse's three oldest sons had followed Saul to the war. Eliab, Abinadab, and Shammah were in the army. They were in in military service under Saul. David was the youngest. The three oldest followed Saul. But David went back and forth from Saul to tend his father's sheep at Bethlehem. So David is at court. He plays the harp when Saul slips into madness. Handsome young fellow, But he still went back to Bethlehem to tend the sheep. So for 40 days, Philistines came forward every morning and every evening and took his stand. Forty days? Wouldn't you think that someone in the Israelite camp would step forward and accept the challenge? And who should that have been? Well, the king, Saul. After all, he's the king, he's a head taller than everybody else. That's his job. Why did the Israelites want a king to begin with? To fight our battles. But Saul, just like when he was anointed king, was getting small and hiding in the baggage. Jesse said to his son David, Take this ephah of roasted grain and these ten loaves of bread for your brothers and hurry to the camp. Take these supplies to your brothers. And take along ten cheeses to the commander of their unit. See how your brothers are doing and bring me back news. There was Saul and all the men of Israel in the valley of Elah fighting against the Philistines. Well, Early in the morning, David left the flock with the shepherds. He loaded up, set out as Jesse directed. He reached the camp as the army was going out to its battle positions, shouting the war cry. Israel and the Philistines were drawing up their lines and facing each other. David left his things with the keeper of supplies. He ran to the battle lines and greeted his brothers. As he was talking with them, Goliath the Philistine stepped out again, shouted his usual defiance, and David heard it. Well, when the Israelites saw the man, they all dropped to the ground and peed in their pants. Now the Israelites have been saying, you see how this man keeps coming out? He comes out to defy Israel. The king will give great wealth to the man who kills him. He'll also give him his daughter in marriage and exempt his father's family from taxes in Israel. Hey, that's a pretty good deal. Great wealth, king's daughter in marriage, no taxes? So David asked the men standing near him, So tell me again, what will be done for the man who kills the Philistine and removes this disgrace from Israel? Who's this uncircumcised dog that he should defy the armies of the living God? Well, they repeated what they had been told, and what they were saying. Great wealth, king's daughter, no taxes. Well, when Eliab David's oldest brother heard him speaking with the men. He burned with anger. He said, why have you come down here? Who who do you leave the sheep with? What are you doing here? I I know how conceited you are, how wicked your heart is. You came to watch the battle. You skipped out of work, and you're on the sidelines here. You want to to have a little excitement watching the battle. And David said, as all little brothers have said to their big brother, what have I done now? Can, Can I even... Speak. He then turned away to someone else and brought up the same matter. Tell me again what, uh, what, what the guy who, who, who kills this guy? Great wealth, king's daughter, no taxes. When David, what David said was overheard and reported to Saul. There's a man in the army who's willing to fight the Philistine, Goliath. Saul sent for him. And David said to Saul, Let no one lose heart on account of this Philistine. I'll fight him. And Saul replied, You can't go out against this man. You're, you're a boy. He is a magnificent warrior from his youth. And now, look at him. He, he's, he's got a Congressional Medal of Honor. Two silver stars, three bronze stars. You can't fight this man. But David said to Saul, All all right, I admit, I've been keeping my father's sheep. And when a lion or a bear came and carried off a sheep from the flock, I went after it, struck it, rescued the sheep from its mouth. And when it turned on me, I seized it by the hair, struck it, and killed it. Your servant has killed both a lion and a bear. This uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them. He's defied the armies of the living God. The Lord who delivered me from the paw of the bear will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. I'll fight him. I'll sweat that guy. What did David do all the time he was growing up out there in the field tending the sheep? Well, it's not a whole lot you have to tend. The sheep just graze, they eat, and... You watch them, make sure nothing goes after them. Then you round them up and bring them back home. You have a lot of time on your hands. And what did David do? I'll bet he lined up soda bottles on rocks at different distances and with his sling. Not a not a Y-shaped piece of wood with a rubber band, but a leather pocket with four thongs to, uh, attached to it. A stone in the middle, like the size of a golf ball and the thongs are about three feet long, maybe four, depending on your height, and you start swinging it, getting up to speed, crack that stone out, and that stone flies at about 150 miles an hour. David would knock down those soda bottles one after another at unknown distances. He was pretty good at that. David said, I can beat this guy. Saul said to David, well, go and... The Lord be with you. You're going to need it. Then Saul dressed David in his own tunic. He put a coat of armor on him and a bronze helmet on his head. David fastened on the sword over the tunic and tried walking around, but he couldn't get used to it. I, I can't go in these. i got to be able to move. I'm not used to them. So he took off all the armor, got rid of all of it. And then he took his staff in his hand. He chose five smooth stones "'from the stream, about the size of a golf ball. five smooth stones. "'Put them in the pouch of a shepherd's bag, "'and with his sling in his hand, "'he approached the Philistine. "'Meanwhile, the Philistine, Goliath, "'with his shield-bearer in front of him, "'kept coming closer to David. "'He looked over David.' He saw a, a boy, a, a teenager, maybe what, 16 years old, 15, 16, ruddy, handsome, no armor, no helmet. He despised him. This was a very heroic thing Goliath was willing to do to save the lives of all these men. And you sent out a boy with a, with a sling? He said to David, Am I a dog that you come at me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. You come here, boy, and I will give your flesh to the birds of the air and the beasts of the field. David said to the Philistine, You come against me with sword and spear and javelin. I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day the Lord will hand you over to me. And I'll strike you down and cut off your head. And today I will give the carcasses of the Philistine army to the birds of the air and the beasts of the field and the whole world will know that there's a God in Israel. All those gathered here will know that it's not by sword or spear the Lord saves for the battle is the Lord's and he'll give all of you into our hands. So as the Philistine moved closer to attack him, David began running, picking up speed, approaching Goliath, all the while getting the sling up to speed. Reaching into his bag, he took the stone, slung it, got it going fast. Crack! And the stone flew out and hit the Philistine square on the bridge of the nose, right between the eyes. The stone sank into his forehead. Boom! He fell face down on the ground. So David triumphed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone. Without a sword in his hand, he struck down the Philistine and he killed him. David ran and stood over him. He took hold of the Philistine's sword, drew it from the scabbard, finished him off, and cut off his head with the sword. When the Philistines saw that their hero was dead, they all turned and ran. Then the men of Israel and Judah surged forward with a shout and pursued the Philistines to the entrance of Gath and to the gates of Ekron, two of the Philistine, five cities. Their dead were strewn all along the way. And when the Israelites returned from chasing the Philistines, they plundered their camp. David took the Philistine's head He brought it to Jerusalem. He put the Philistine's weapons in his own tent. So as Saul... Watched David going out to meet the Philistines. He said to Abner, his commanding general, Who is that kid? Abner said, Beats me, I have no idea. King said, Find out. Well, as soon as David returned from killing the Philistine, Abner brought him to Saul. David, holding Goliath's head in his hands, he dropped it on the ground, clunk. Said I believe you wanted this. <laughs> and and Saul said, "Who are you?" And David said, "I'm the son of your servant Jesse of Bethlehem." Now David had been in Saul's servant service as a musician. Saul never took much notice of him. But now he sure has. David dispatched the Philistine, Goliath, the giant Goliath. But I have to ask a question. When David went out to meet Goliath, he picked up five smooth stones from the riverbed. If David was so certain that he would prevail in the fight, Why did he pick up five smooth stones? Well, if we turn over to 2 Samuel, the end of the story of David, we have a list of David's mighty men. His mighty men. Let me read to you from 2 Samuel 23, beginning at verse 8. These are the names of David's mighty men. Yosheb Bezebeth, a Tecomanite, was chief of the three mighty men. He raised his spear against 800 men whom he killed in one encounter. Next to him was Eleazar, son of Dodai, the Ehoheit. As one of the three mighty men, he was with David when he taunted the Philistines, gathered at the pass Daim for battle. Then the men of Israel retreated, but he stood his ground. He struck down the Philistines till his hand grew tired and froze to the sword. The Lord brought about a great victory that day. The troops returned to Eleazar, but only to strip the dead. Next to him was Shama, son of Agi the Herorite. When the Philistines banded together at a place where there was a field of lentils, Israel's troops fled from them, but Shammah took his stand in the middle of the field. He defended it and struck the Philistines down, and the Lord brought about a great victory. Now, during harvest time, three of the thirty of David's mighty men came down to David at the cave of Adullam, while a band of Philistines was encamped in the valley of Rephaim. At that time, David was in the stronghold, and the Philistine garrison was at Bethlehem. David longed for water and he said, oh, that someone would get me a drink of water from the well near the gate of Bethlehem. The three mighty men broke through the Philistine lines, drew the water, brought it back to David. This was incredible. Bethlehem is a ways off. The stronghold was at En down by the Dead Sea. And the men went back at night, stuck into the town, got water from the well and brought it back to David. He refused to drink it. He poured it out before the Lord. Far be it for me, O Lord, to do this. Is not the blood of men who went at the risk of their lives? They did this for me. David wouldn't drink it. Such were the exploits of the three mighty men. Oh. These were great men. David is humbled to command such men. These were the exploits of the three mighty men. Now Abishai, the brother of Joab, son of Zariah, was chief of the three. He raised his spear against 300 men whom he killed and so he became as famous as the three. Was he not held in greater honor than the three? He became their commander even though he wasn't included among the three musketeers. Now Benaiah, son of Jehoiada, was a valiant fighter from Kabzeel. He performed great exploits. He struck down two of Moab's best men, and he went down into the pit on a snowy day and killed a lion. Oh, this is a great story. So here were the here were David's mighty men around the 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 round table, discussing plans for war in the spring, the knights of the round table. It was winter, and someone came in with a message for David. There's a lion that fell down into the into the cistern, where the food is stored, came out of the hills, it was snowing that day and the lion on the lip of the of the cistern slipped and fell in. We got an angry lion down in the pit. Beniah, son of Dehoida, said, I'll be back. He got up. He went down to the cistern, looked in. There's the lion <laughs> growling. Beniah drew his k bar knife, dropped down into the cistern, killed the lion, flung it over the lip of the, of the cistern, got out, went back to the Knights of the Round Table and said, uh, problem solved. What a great thing. There are only three people in Scripture who killed a lion with their bare hands. Samson, David, and Benaiah, son of Jehoiada. And the only other person in mythology was Hercules. So you're in pretty good company with these guys. But, Among David's mighty men, we learn that Goliath had four sons, all of whom were killed by David's men at one point or another. Four sons. So when David was in the field and he looked at Goliath and he looked up on the hill at the Philistine army, Goliath certainly stood out. Huge man. Awesome. David looked on the hill. He saw four big ugly boys who looked just like him. So David picked up five stones, one for Goliath, and he just may need to take out those four as well. Isn't that a great ending to the story? Well, there we are. We were a little short on Wednesday, but we ran over today We're up on a half hour. So I'll be back with you on Monday. I hope you like the story of David and Goliath. It is a great story. I love telling it. And I love telling it with you. So keep me in your prayers, if you would, over the weekend. Uh, Hey, we have an election coming up, a really important one. I would not presume to tell you who to vote for, but I will presume to urge you to vote. Get to the polls and vote. Vote early, mail in, or in person. But get out there and vote. Okay, see you on Monday. Bye-bye now.